There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hi, everybody. How you doing? I'm Rob. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gabby. And this is Dark Origins Podcast because we changed the name because... We realized that a lot of people had trouble spelling, understanding, and saying the word provenance. Wait a minute. She's talking about me, not you guys. I couldn't spell the thing to save my life the other day. Well, a lot of people couldn't. So it's not just you. So don't feel bad. Oh, thanks for saying so. You're welcome. All right. So today, Dark Origins is a podcast where I tell Rob about the inspiration between all mediums of art and times that art has inspired real life, usually based around true crimes or dark history. So I'm going to be telling Rob about the <laughs> Snowtown Murders, which inspired the movie Snowtown Murders. And for this episode, I'm not really going to have to tell you about the movie because it is very um, similar to the actual crimes it's not a documentary. It is a movie, but yeah, it's it, like a dramatization of it. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. All right. So on May 20th, 1999, in a small town in Australia, police discovered six plastic barrels in an old bank vault. When the barrels were opened, they would reveal decomposing body parts and acid. Two more bodies connected to these murders would be found buried in a backyard in Adelaide. It was shocking because the small town they were found in, called Snowtown, had a low murder rate. It was a quiet town that felt exceedingly safe before the murders were uncovered, but now the name Snowtown is synonymous with the heinous acts committed by a group of deranged men. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. The ringleader of the group was John Bunting. He was born on September 4th, 1966. From a young age, he was difficult and mean. He would bully other children and kill animals. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into the animal cruelty and stuff, um, because I can't, I just can't. Um, but yeah, if anybody out there is about to watch this film, there are some, there's some animal violence. It was hard to watch. Yeah. Um, there, he, 
there's a lot of animal cruelty um, that he is involved in throughout his entire life. So I'll mention it here and there, but I'm just not going to go deep into it. Um, so he claimed to have been beaten and sexually assaulted by his friend's older brother when he was only eight years old. This manifested into a hatred for pedophiles and it also manifested into raging homophobia. Um, when he was 15, he lost his virginity and ended up impregnating the girl he slept with. He took great interest in weapons and anatomy as a teenager, and the jobs he worked reflected this. He began working at a crematorium, but the business was suffering, so he went on to work for a meat corporation, where he took great pleasure in slaughtering the animals. John had a sick obsession with torturing and killing all types of animals, like I said earlier. Around this time, he met a woman named Elizabeth Harvey, who he soon proposed to. They moved into a house together in, is it pronounced Salisbury? I believe so, yes. Okay. Salisbury, North Australia. Elizabeth had a son named James v- James Vlasakis, who John accepted as his stepson, but he didn't move in with them right away. James was only 14 when they first met. Similarly to Bunting, Vlasakis claimed he had been sexually assaulted by his stepbrother. Um, Actually, I believe it was his half-brother, not his stepbrother. Mm. Um, yeah. Bunting counseled Vlasakis through this, advising him to beat up his stepbrother, sorry, beat up his half-brother. Um, and also, it kind of seemed like he was telling him to kill him. Yeah. Just because, like, the way that they, the, some of the words that they used in Australia, like, it, it's hard for me to tell, like, does that mean beat him up? Does that mean kill him? Um, Do you know what word it was? I think he said that he needed to be bashed or something like that yeah that's probably just beaten up i I mean i don't know i'm not super hip to australian slang but you know yeah yeah you would think that but um just based on what happens i'm not sure if that's what he meant um despite being a patriarchal figure in vlasakis life bunting subjected him to all sorts of fucked up situations ranging from animal abuse to murder Vlasakis was a quote-unquote willing participant in much of it, but Bunting would force him when he didn't want to be, and it's likely that Bunting groomed Vlasakis into participating in the first place, mm-hmm. so he didn't have much of a chance to begin with. Yeah, it's it's basically what happens in the, in the movie. Yeah. Um, After moving to Salisbury, Bunting would meet a man named Robert Wagner and his roommate-slash-girlfriend, Vanessa Lane. Um. Both would go on to help Bunting commit crimes, but Wagner helped with every murder from here on out. Also, I will mention that Vanessa, I'm not going to use her dead name, but she was a trans woman. Ah. So um, Bunting had also used a wall located in a spare room in his house to string together the names of people he suspected of being gay or pedophiles. It looks similar to the stereotypical detective evidence board. Um, he yep. referred to them as, or he referred to it as his rock spider wall, because rock spider was a term used to refer to pedophiles in Australia. Rock spider. Yeah, I know. But rock spider, I've never heard that. Maybe it's because they hide in, hide between the rocks, come out when you least expect them. Um, the murders began around this time, starting off with a man named Clinton Trezis or Trezis. Clinton was 22 at the time and Bunting suspected he was a pedophile. So he invited him over to hang out. 
An unsuspecting Clinton agreed, and at some point, Bunting took a shovel and began bludgeoning Clinton with it. <clears throat> he ultimately beat him. He ultimately beat him to death with the shovel before burying him in a shallow grave in Lower Light, Australia, um, with the help of Wagner and Lane. Clinton's body was found two years later, but it was not connected to Bunting. In fact, it remained unsolved and eventually was featured on Australia's Most Wanted, and Bunting watched that episode with his wife and her son, Vlasakis, James Vlasakis, and he triumphantly told them that he had murdered Clinton by saying, that's my handiwork. So he wasn't quiet about the fact that he had murdered people. He was pretty happy about it and told people like felt justified because he felt they were pedophiles and he was on some like crazed vigilante yeah yeah um crusade i guess yeah but part of the thing that you'll see as we go through this is some of them were actually suspected of being pedophiles like clinton others were not they he hated them because they were gay or because they were trans, which is part of the reason why it is kind of strange that he allowed Victoria or I'm sorry, Vanessa. Yeah, that's to, what I was thinking. Like, yeah, like he hung out with Robert, who was dating Vanessa. It's weird that he would hang out with either of them, considering the fact that he hates anyone who is a part of the LGBTQ community. But Vanessa would keep him like informed on what the local pedophiles were doing because she herself was a pedophile. Right. So, so they like had one of them to like tell on the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really strange. Um, I don't understand the thinking behind that, but I um, I get it. It's just really, really messed up. Yeah, like I mean, I person, guess. Vanessa, right? Like, she must have known that this is going to come back on her at some point. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you would think. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, that, holy cow. Yeah. Um. So the other thing, too, is, like, it's pretty clear from here that Vlasakis grew up in a home i mean he was only 14 when he met bunting so he was pretty young when this was all happening it's pretty clear that he grew up in a home where this was like normal like bunting told him and his mom at the same time that he killed clinton and his mom clearly stayed with him and probably didn't say anything negative about it right like it's just completely normalized yeah this poor kid is is being molested and groomed by a serial killer. I mean, maybe not serial killer, but vigilante. Like, I mean, no, he's not being molested by him. He's no, being groomed. He's, no, he's being molested and being. Oh groomed. yeah, yeah. Like, he's separate. Being, yeah, he's being molested by his half brother and being groomed by Bunting to kill. Yeah, and there's more than just his half brother, right? In my research, um, I did not find anything else, but I I know why you're saying that because of the, sorry, because of the movie. Yeah. But um, in my research, I didn't see anything about him being um, molested by anyone else. But or I'll look neighbor? it up to see. Because in the movie, the neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I will look that up and check and see, but I'm not sure why. Well, I'm sure you've already looked. I have, but there's so much in this case that it's pretty easy to miss things. There's also, you know, certain things where some sources will say one thing while other sources say something else. So it's, it would be easy probably to miss, you know, one detail about one person's life because there's so many people involved in this. Absolutely. Um, so Bunting would go three years before committing another murder, but he engaged in animal cruelty in the meantime. His wife's son would move into the couple's home around this time. So like I said, Vlasakis, you know, hung around them and, um, he was kind of taken in by Bunting, but he didn't live with them yet. Right. Um, Bunting's three-year hiatus would come to an end when he killed an intellectually disabled man named Ray Davies. He was 26 years old at the time of his death, and Ray began dating Bunting's ex-girlfriend named Suzanne Allen. Ray and Suzanne lived together until her grandsons complained that he had tried to assault them. So Davies moved into a caravan that sat behind Suzanne's house until shortly after Christmas of 1995. When you say, sorry, when you say assault, do you mean physical, sexual? Sexual. Okay. He he was basically trying to groom them and trying to sexually assault them. So so he's a pedophile himself. Yes, allegedly yes. Like he hasn't been convicted of it. Um, Self hatred. Yeah, I mean, like, and then he wants to kill the other pedophiles because he hates what he's done. Maybe. No, 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 no. You have this all wrong. Oh. Ray Davies. Oh, not bunting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Ray Davies was 26 and he was dating Bunting's ex-girlfriend, Suzanne Allen. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, and Ray and Suzanne lived together until her grandsons complained that Ray had tried to sexually assault them. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, Davies moved into a caravan, but they still remained like together basically um and they celebrated christmas of 1995 together the day after christmas suzanne's daughter annette cannon her seven-year-old son told her that davies had sexually assaulted him so like it's now gone past grooming he has actually sexually assaulted him Jeez. and he had also tried to sexually assault one of the other brothers Um, So the incident was reported to police, but Bunting decided to take action first. Um, Apparently, Suzanne had, you know, gone to Bunting and told him what happened. This time, Bunting recruited Wagner to help with the murder itself instead of just the disposal. And less than a week after Christmas, the pair killed Davies. But reports about how they did it vary. Um, At one point, Bunting said that Wagner had strangled Davies with jumper cables right after Elizabeth Harvey, who is Bunting's current wife, stabbed him in the leg. Later, Vlasakis told the court that Bunting and Wagner had actually taken an unconscious but alive Davies to a house in Bacara and thrown him in the bathtub and used a pole to strike Davies in his genital area until he died. Jeez. Um, After they killed him, they brought his body to Bunting's house and buried him in the backyard before filling the grave with bricks and concrete. His body would not be recovered until May 26, 1999, six days after the bodies in the barrels were found. 
Buntang seemed to target people who received Social Security benefits so that he could receive their checks. Huh. Yeah. Um, Davies is the first victim that he did this with. So he basically made it look like they were still alive and collected their Social Security. Yeah. Um, nobody ever reported Davies missing. So Bunting just continued claiming his checks until he was finally caught. Um, wow. in 1997, Bunting and Wagner would take the life of a 19 year old trans woman named Michelle Gardner. Michelle lived with Nicole Zarita, who was Wagner's wife's cousin. So, huh. okay. Is that clear? It, yeah, but g- explain it because this is a, this is. It's a, a lot of web. people and yeah, it really is a web of people because they killed people they knew, people who were in their friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, so Robert Wagner is the man who has been helping Bunting kill people. Got it. Robert Wagner's wife has a cousin named Nicole Zarita. Yep. Michelle Gardner lives with Nicole Zarita. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Um. Unlike the previous two victims, Michelle had not been suspected of sexually assaulting anyone. The only thing Michelle was guilty of was living her life genuinely, and Bunting and Wagner hated her for that. They hated that she was trans, and in their eyes, she deserved to die for that. Um, It seemed they were waiting for a reason to attack her, and on September 10th, 1997, Michelle was playing with Wagner's children when she playfully put her hand over one of their mouths. This set Wagner off and he got bunting and they kidnapped Michelle, taking her to a shed in Murray Bridge. They repeatedly strangled her until she fell unconscious and then demanded she stand up again. Yeah, it's really, really fucked up and really, really sad. Um, And eventually they strangled her to death. Uh, Michelle would be the first victim to be stuffed in a barrel full of acid. They cut her left foot off so that they could close the barrel. Ugh. Yeah. Um, they kept the barrel in the shed for a while before moving it to the abandoned vault in Snowtown. So they just had an abandoned vault that they had access to at random. Well, I'll explain how they got access to it. Um, it's not really at random, but her... The barrel that her body was in was not kept in the vault for the majority of the time. It was kept in that shed that they killed her in for a long time. And then when police started investigating, they caught wind of that. So they moved a bunch of the barrels to this abandoned bank vault in Snowtown. Okay. Do you remember Vanessa Lane? Yep. Okay. So she was Wagner's ex-girlfriend. Um, she was the one who helped dispose of Clinton's body. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said before, <clears throat> she was a convicted pedophile, but Bunting apparently kept her around because she could keep up to date on what was going on with the local pedophiles. Right. Um, after her home with Wagner was firebombed in retaliation for allegedly assaulting a young boy, Bunting eventually cut her off. Apparently that was... He's already been convicted, but... And now you're done. Yeah. So he's a little, he's a little irrational, a little off, unpredictable. Yeah. And he's just like setting these 
arbitrary lines for when, like, how many pedophilic acts can someone be involved in before he cuts them off? Like, I don't understand. And for you, it's three, sir. Like, that's so weird. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, you would think with his hatred of pedophiles, I mean, I think the normal person's hatred of pedophiles makes them not want to be involved or friends with any pedophiles, but he... At, at, at any any level. Right, exactly. So, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he is not sane. Um. So, Wagner would break up after this as well and Vanessa would go on to become engaged to a woman and later meet an 18 year old man named Thomas Trevilian who she invited to live with her and her fiance. Trevilian had been diagnosed with schizophrenia. He had frequent hallucinations and he wore nothing but army fatigues. He was convinced the Grim Reaper was trying to kill him and he would occasionally run out of his house wielding a knife when he heard a noise. So while this is all happening, Lane was also struggling with the role that she played in the disposal of Clinton's body. So she told her mom and she also told Bunting's ex-girlfriend about it, who then confronted Bunting. Yeah. Um, so obviously Bunting was becoming nervous that Lane might go to the police. And this coincided with Thomas Trevilian telling Bunting that he had allegedly been assaulted by Lane. Um Right, okay. This all set her murder in motion. Um, Bunting, Wagner, and Trevilian picked her up. They forced her to call her mom and tell her that she was moving to Queensland and tell her that she wanted nothing to do with her anymore. Um, But her mom could hear Trevilian in the background telling her what to say. Thank God. Yeah. Um, But it didn't really help that much in the... In the t- I just mean the time. I just mean like she didn't have to live thinking, thinking her daughter hated her. That's very true. Yes, that is very true. Apparently, they hoped that this call would be enough to keep her family from reporting her missing. Um, and they ended up torturing her. They broke her toes with pliers until she gave them her bank account information, and then they strangled her to death. Jesus. So she would be the second victim to be put in an acid barrel. Bunting and Wagner then stole her car and continued claiming her social security payments and their greed would ultimately lead to their downfall because police were investigating her disappearance and they did notice that someone was claiming her payments at the same ATM every month. So they installed a camera at the ATM and they captured Wagner stealing her money. Right. So this is before they had cameras in every ATM all over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Um. I mean, it lines up, I guess, with the timeline, especially in small towns or smaller towns. Um, yeah. They quickly connected him to Bunting and they began surveillance on both of them. So after Lane's murder, Trevilian moved in with Wagner. And similarly to Lane, Trevilian began telling others about his involvement in her murder, which obviously, again, made Bunting nervous. Um, and... After stopping Trevilian from killing a puppy because he was like chasing Wagner's son's puppy around the house, um, trying to kill it. And mm. thankfully they stopped that from oh. happening. So the puppy lived. Yay. But um at this point, Bunting and Wagner were like, okay, like he's a liability. 
he right. needs to go. Bunting is quoted as saying that Trevelyan was starting to fuck up and go mental. Um, so they drove Trevelyan out to an area called Kersbrook before tying a rope to a tree and making him stand on a box while they slipped the noose around his neck. And then they kicked the box out from underneath him and left him hanging there until he was found the next day. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and because of his medical history and the fact that he had tried to commit suicide before, they the coroner just ruled his death as a suicide and it wasn't investigated any further at the time. Um, a few months later, Bunting had set his eyes on his next target. It was 31-year-old Gavin Allen Porter. Porter was friends with Flisakis, his stepson, right. Bunting's stepson. Yep. And um, he ended up moving in with him. Both Porter and Vlasakis were heroin addicts, and Bunting did not think fondly of Porter. Um, he had decided that he deserved to die after Bunting was pricked by a syringe that Porter left sitting on the couch. So Bunting and Wagner saw their opportunity when Porter nodded off while working on his car. Yeah. He nodded off in the back seat, so he was like sleeping back there, basically. Right. Just yeah. Yeah. Um. Bunting and Wagner came up and attacked him. Um, they basically what's ambushed. Yes, they ambushed him. Yeah, they ambushed. They ambushed him. Yes. Um. So yeah, they ambushed him. Uh, Porter was able to wake up for a second though, and he stabbed Bunting with a screwdriver, but they were able to overpower him. So they mm. ended up strangling him before he could fight back anymore. Pretty soon after that, uh, Bunting and Wagner insisted that, oh, also, I'm pretty sure they showed Vlasakis his body, which is really fucked up because obviously that was his friend. Yeah. Um, And Porter, again, like some of the other people, like he hadn't been accused of sexually assaulting anyone or being a pedophile. Bunting simply did not like him. And I kind of feel like part of it, too, is like. I don't know if it's like when Bunting needs money or like wants yeah. some extra money, then he decides to go after someone else to get their bank information and steal their money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's just, he started off telling everybody, no, we're doing this because these people deserve it. And now he's just kind of out there killing people for his own benefit, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's to get money or because he has some sick, like, love of killing people. Right. Maybe both. Definitely both, yeah. Um, Bunting and Wagner insisted Vlasakis help them to finally kill Vlasakis's half-brother that assaulted him. Yeah. Um. So his half-brother's name was Troy Yude, and he was 21 at the time. So... So Yud was obviously older than Vlasakis, and they woke up Vlasakis one night and said, like, all right, we're doing it. We're going to go kill him, so come with us. So they surprised Yud in his sleep. Uh, they beat him mercilessly with planks of wood before he had a chance to wake up, and then they tied him up and hauled him to the bathtub where they continued to torture him for his bank information. They humiliated him by forcing him to refer to them um, with names like sir and master, and they broke his toes with pliers like they did. Common to thing Lane. for them. Yeah. yeah. 
So if, you know, he didn't respond with sir or master or whatever they wanted him to call them, then they would break a toe. Um, they ultimately strangled him to death before disposing of his body and they cut him up, putting his torso and head in one barrel and his legs in another. Before you died, Bunting also forced him to say certain words and phrases as he recorded him. And then he used a program to manipulate his words into messages that made it sound like he was moving somewhere far away. Um, he would play these messages on the answering machines of like loved ones and family hoping they wouldn't suspect anything. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then this is something that they continue to do. So now I will introduce you to Mark Hayden, who is another friend of Bunting and Wagner's. Hayden's sister-in-law named Jody Elliott had a son named Frederick Brooks. Okay. Bunting had convinced others that Brooks had been touching up on young girls. Um, That was like, his words touching up young girls, even though there's no evidence to suggest that. Um, sadly, Brooks was invited to a party to celebrate his acceptance into the Australian Air Force cadets, um, but he was also invited to hang out with Bunting, Wagner, and Flissakis, and he chose the latter, which is so sad because, like, he was super excited. He had just gotten accepted into the Air Force cadets, and this was supposed to be his night to celebrate. And instead, it went horribly, horribly wrong. And he obviously had a really bright future, but Bunting hated him for whatever reason. Um, so the night of his party, Bunting, Wagner, and Vlasakis handcuffed him and threw him in the bathtub. They tortured him and humiliated him by burning him with lit cigarettes. They stuck the cigarettes in his ears and nostrils. Ugh. And this is really messed up. So if you don't, like hearing really I shouldn't say like because who likes hearing this but if you don't want to hear um some really just messed up things having to do with um the genital area then I would skip forward like five to ten seconds um so they also lit a sparkler and they stuck it in his urethra and then they injected bleach into his testicles well, I wish I had a fast forward button oh goodness yeah Whew. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, they shocked him and broke his toes with pliers again. Like it wasn't enough. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. They like, I don't know if it's like jealousy or what it is, but something about him. Bunting really did not like him. And like, I kind of feel like it could be jealousy because like this is the worst that he's done to anyone this is the worst worst tor this is the worst torture that he's put anyone through and this is just a kid who has not been accused of touching anyone of assaulting anyone of he's being just a pedophile a he's just a kid like who has aspirations and dreams and is achieving them yeah yeah and well yeah and then bunting is just a piece of shit deranged loser, loser uh vigilante thief yeah a uh, um, total asshole yeah 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 i totally agree and i would say like want to be vigilante just because right. so many of his victims were not pedophiles like some yeah. of them were but many of them weren't right like batman that's a vigilante right that dude was solid yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, is solid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so similarly to the previous victims, they forced him to say words and phrases into um, his Bunting's recorder. And they also forced him to give them his banking information. Of course. This is really fucked up, too. Um, they even forced him to say that he had assaulted young girls. Oh. Yeah. Which is so, so sad because, like, you know that, like, they're going to show that to other people. Yeah. And the other people are going to have no idea. I mean, that you were forced to say that. All the torture that they just put you through. It's just really, really sick. Um, Eventually, Brooks choked on his gag and passed away. Uh, the three murderers disposed of his body in one of the acid-filled barrels. And as you can see from many of his past victims, Bunting was incredibly ableist, too. He didn't respect individuals with mental or physical disabilities. And he also targeted them because he could get their social security checks. And Gary O'Dwyer was one of them. He was a neighbor of Bunting's, and he had a disability that caused him to walk with a limp. And this apparently enraged Bunting. like. <laughs> I don't understand. This guy's a maniac. Yeah. He doesn't um, even know why he's mad. He's just mad at everybody. Yeah. Oh, that guy's a pedophile. Okay. That, okay. That makes sense. But this guy limps. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I don't fucking. He understand. just wants to take money. <clears throat> he wants to take money and he wants to take his rage out on people. So he comes up with these imaginary reasons to do so. Um. So he recruited Vlasakis to dig into Dwyer's financial and family history because um, he wanted to see, like, does he have social security checks that I can take? Is he does he have family that's going to, you know, search for him? Like, what is the situation? Um, so Vlasakis did that. And then he ended up inviting O'Dwyer to hang out and have a few drinks. The plan was to get him really drunk before attacking him. But not long into the night, Wagner grabbed him by the throat and proceeded to strangle him until Bunting told him to slow down. So it's pretty clear that they relished in the torture and humiliation of their victims because yeah. Bunting would have just let Wagner kill him quickly. Right. If, if it was just didn't. about killing somebody. Yeah. 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 Um, Like they're needlessly prolonging the suffering of O'Dwyer. Just to like, yeah. Yeah. Because they want it to be an event. Yeah. Um, so after they tortured him to their satisfaction, um, they captured a recording of his voice, of course, and they took his body to Mark Hayden's house and placed, uh, his body into one of the acid barrels. Did they take his social security too? Um, yes, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. They're targeting people that they think are not going to be investigated. Right. So I guess it makes sense because if you have a job. Your job is going to wonder where you are. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. They are targeting people who they think no one is going to be looking for. And the few people that they think are going to look for that person, they think that this recording um, is going to be enough to keep people from wanting from reporting the missing or wanting to investigate further, I guess. It's like their made up get out of jail free card that doesn't exist. Like. Yeah, but this is where they're really going to start to bring themselves down. Okay, I thought you were going to say really turn it up, and I was no. I was getting nervous. No, no, no. Um, 
So I'm, I'm honestly not sure how much more they could turn it up. Like they that's really, what I was thinking. Yeah. Um. So remember, Mark Hayden is now part of this, you know, group of guys. Yeah. Like he's been helping them hide bodies and um has been involved with a, a lot of the crimes that they have been committing but i will say that um it's not totally clear how much he was involved in it's not totally clear how involved he was in some of the murders um but it is pretty clear that he was involved to a significant degree right um and also you were wondering how they got access to this bank vault. It was yeah. because Mark Hayden rented it. He rented it with an alias, which I guess he thought would protect him. But um, it was, you know, they figured it so, out. Oh, so he he rented the building. Yes. Like he leased out the building. Yeah. To like live in maybe? Probably not. I, I mean, well, the reason he rented it was so they could put the barrels there. Well, yeah, I mean, I know but what But like what his yeah. like... Uh, excuse for renting it was I don't know probably to like start a business or something because it was an old bank like yeah. how are you gonna live there you know I don't know but it'd be sweet to it have actually a, be have an cool. old bank with a bank vault it reminds for no me reason. of like um Evil Dead though like the movie that we Dude, just saw oh my god Evil Dead Rise that was so good yeah it was really good but it kind of reminds me of that doesn't it. I'm afraid of that now. Thank you. That was the one movie that scared me in a long time. I know. I, I know. Yeah, I, let's not talk about it. And I'm embarrassed. That's what this whole case has reminded me of. Um, but the, Really? Yeah, because they put all these barrels in, in an abandoned bank vault. Uh, well, I mean, the vault had nothing really to do with. That's where the books were kept. Yeah, but there was no like barrels of decomposing bodies. Yeah, but there was like this really fucked up, powerful book and like little like. Wait, are you telling me that we're about to get to the Necronomicon in this story? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> that would be cool, though. But we've no. gone off the rails. Let's get back. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so Elizabeth Hayden is Mark Hayden's wife. Right. Okay. Okay. So Bunting didn't like her, and Wagner absolutely hated her. Wagner thought she was a quote-unquote whore and a quote-unquote low life. So when Mark told them that he had told his wife about the murders, again, something that they really despise and freak out about, um, they decided it was time to kill her. Yeah, she's got to go. So uh, Mark took his kids out for the night, and Bunting and Wagner lured her into hanging out with them. And then so, they- so he knew... Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I should probably say allegedly, but it's pretty, I mean, it's I mean, pretty clear that he knew, you it's know, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove in the court of law. So yeah, uh, we can assume that he had something to do with this. Yeah. I mean, he took, he took his kids out for the night. Like he seemed to have planned with them that he would take the kids so oh, she would be home alone. I'll take the kids out. You stay here. If anybody comes by, feel free to go out with them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, So they ended up going over to her house and they tortured her in her own bathroom before they killed her. And allegedly they showed Mark, his wife's dead body, before putting her in the barrel and he just laughed. What? 
Yeah. Which is just so sick and so sad. Like that's the, that's the mother of your children. It's so strange. Like, like I said, this, this kind of activity does, does not make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either. I don't understand like how the, like a person who, you know, we all have the same basic parts, right? Like how can their brain function so differently? I just don't, it's, it's fascinating and disturbing and. Yeah, I agree. It is fascinating and disturbing. And I think like part of the pull for a lot of people towards true crime is like understanding why people do the things that they do. Um, Obviously you have to like be careful when telling the stories because you don't want to be disrespectful of the victim. Of course. But, um, I do think that like they are important stories that, you know, but if, if we ever covered like a story and a family member of a victim didn't like it or anything like that, we would take it down right away. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, for me, like I oscillate between the fascination of like, how could this person do something like this? And then extreme sadness for that person and their family. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't like it. I don't like that part at all. Uh, it really disturbs me. But the trying to understand is what draws me in. Yeah, and I think also like obviously there's like the psychological standpoint, like wanting to understand the psychology behind it or the neuroscience right. behind it or whatever. But um, I think there's also like this probably false sense of security that we get that maybe if we can read enough of these stories and learn about these people enough that we'll be able to spot these characteristics, which probably isn't true. Like obviously reading about something with hindsight is a lot different than meeting and interacting with people in real time. But um, yeah, I think that's also part of what makes us want to learn about it. Um. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
what's what's one of the scary things to me about this specific instance is you know they they quote unquote tell you like if you're in a dangerous situation you try to humanize yourself and let that person know that you have children that you have you know a family that you are a human right Mm -hmm. um to try to snap them out of it yeah but these people they know these are killing people they know yeah like people they are intimately connected with yeah, I mean, this guy sees a picture of his dead wife and laughs. Are you kidding me? Not a picture. Sees her actual dead body. Oh, I thought. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, that got worse. Okay. Um, yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Um. So the next target would fall on the back of 24-year-old David Johnson. Johnson was a stepbrother of Lysakis. So they've already killed his half-brother. And now this is his stepbrother. He took good care of himself and his appearance, which apparently upset Bunting. Um, Bunting would call him the F-slur and believe that he deserved to die. So Blasakis was tasked with finding a way to lure Johnson to the abandoned bank. And this is the only murder that actually occurred in Snowtown. All of the other murders occurred outside of Snowtown. Their bodies and the barrels were taken to Snowtown, obviously, but the murders didn't occur. There, this one did. So Vlasakis told Johnson that um, there's a computer for sale in Snowtown and asked if he wanted to come buy it. And he said, yeah. So once they got to the bank, Bunting and Wagner ambushed Johnson. Uh, They proceeded to enact the usual torture and voice recording process to get Johnson's bank information. And Bunting watched over Johnson as Wagner and Vlasakis went to the bank to withdraw money. They were unsuccessful, though, because the ATM returned the message of not authorized, canceled. Huh. Um, so when they got back from the bank, they found that Johnson had already been killed by Bunting, so they couldn't ask him for, like, any more information. Um, right, like he gave him the wrong PIN number or something. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Either... Okay. Either he gave him the wrong PIN number or he didn't have any money left in the account, something like that. I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, um, yeah they wouldn't be able to ask him because uh, Bunting killed him already. Um, this is really fucked up. Um, they cut a strip of flesh from Johnson's body to take back home with them. And Bunting and Wagner fried the flesh oh. and ate it. And... They offered some to Vlasakis, but he refused. Yeah, I think they, they've leveled up. They found a way to level up. I didn't even think of that. Oh, yeah. God. So I'm going to tell you about the investigation, but before I tell you about the investigation, I am going to add this in here um, just so that, you know, you have a, I tell you about all of the murders yeah, first. Sure, um sure. So... After they found the bodies in the barrels, they went and dug up Bunting's backyard of his former home. And they found Davies because that's where they buried Davies. But they also found Suzanne Allen. If you remember her, she was Bunting's ex-girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend of Davies. So she was the one whose grandkid said that Davies had assaulted her. Um, Or I'm sorry, said that Davies had assaulted them, sexually assaulted them or one of them. And tried to assault the other one. So um, Bunting said that she just had a heart attack. But her body was wrapped in plastic bags. And Bunting continued to collect her pension. 
So it's very likely that that is not the truth. Um, But the prosecution ended up just dropping the charges because of lack of evidence. Yeah, we got them on five or six other ones. Yeah. That's terrible, though. Yeah. Um, So police have been investigating since they found the body of Clinton Travis in Lower Light, which was the first murder, but they hadn't connected it to Bunting and the others. But um, once they murdered Elizabeth Hayden then the ball really started to roll because her brother reported her missing and he said he didn't believe uh, her husband's account of what happened. Yeah. Um, and he didn't also didn't believe that she would just leave without her sons. Yeah. It doesn't add up at all. Yeah. So police planted bugs in Mark Hayden's house and uh, the murderers started to move the barrels to um, the bank vault. But, Police believe that the barrels had been moved multiple times to various locations before this happened. Um, So they were kept in a bunch of different places. But this is where they brought them all at this point was to the abandoned bank vault, which Mark Hayden had rented. Um, And Snowtown is so small that strangers stand out like a sore thumb. So when you have like three men or four men coming in and out of Snowtown with strange cars, unloading things at this abandoned bank vault. Like people, people notice. Yeah, people notice. Yeah. Um, and so people called the police because they were like, I think something right. This is weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when police got there, they could smell like that oh. there was, you know, dead people in there, but oh. Apparently, Mark Hayden told police that the smell was coming um, from the vault because of pickled kangaroos. What? Yeah. That was his go-to. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a common thing that people in Australia eat, but the fact that like this is an abandoned bank vault. Why would you just have like pickled kangaroos, which to me sounds like a very strange food but again like maybe that is normal to eat in australia i have no idea i don't think i've ever had a pickled meat me neither me neither uh never so but yeah it's just like even weirder i can't imagine any abandoned bank vault having any type of pickled meat sitting in it you know what i mean um i don't understand Obviously, though, the police found out pretty quickly that it was not pickled kangaroos um, because they found the barrels. And alongside the barrels, they also found handcuffs, knives, gloves, a shotgun, and a variac machine, which was the machine used to shock some of the victims. Remember, they um, hooked up the shock machine to um, one of the victim's testicles and shocked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So all four men were charged with crimes. Vlasakis pled guilty to four of the murders, and he was sentenced to four life sentences. The other three pled not guilty and went to trial. Depending on the source, it's believed that one to three of the jurors um, dropped out because of the brutality of the evidence, so they were having trouble like keeping the jury together. You could do that? I guess so. I, I don't know if you can in America, but it seems you can in Australia, at least at the time. I mean, maybe you can like claim distress or something and not be able to continue. I, I don't know. I mean, you can't be forced. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if you, you always say, have a choice, I mean, you might, you might have to do 30 days in jail or something, but yeah, I, mean, I don't even know. Prob- Contempt I mean, of court or something. 
with something like this traumatic and brutal, I could I could see how it would be possible to say, like, I cannot continue doing this. I can't be impartial. Right. I can't. I'm not going to be able to look at the evidence or like, right. you know, because if so, if a juror says that to you, what what are you going to say? Like, you no, know, you have to sit here and and close your eyes and close your ears or like go into some type of, you know, I don't even know. Catatonic state. Like, yeah. But that would just cause a mistrial or. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think it, it's probably better for them to just replace them than to try to force them. Yeah. Um. So all in all, Bunting was convicted of 11 murders and Wagner was convicted of seven murders, Um. but he pled guilty to three of them. So then he was convicted of the other four. Um, unfortunately, many of the charges against Tatum were dropped due to a lack of evidence, but he was ultimately convicted of five counts of assisting in the crimes. Um, and the jury couldn't reach a verdict verdict on the two counts of murder and one count, um, one of the counts of assisting in the crimes. So, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that all of them are still alive and in prison today. Actually, I think that Mark Hayden was, um, like almost or trying to get out he's trying to get some kind of parole yeah um yeah let this guy out yeah a bunch of people were like hell no this guy cannot come out like try um, all you want but so um as far as this investigation goes do we know like how like was it just the townspeople that were like, hey, this bank vault situation's weird. People are coming here all the time. Like, is that how the police were turned on to it? That's how they were turned on to the bank vault, yes. And then they, so they were already doing um, surveillance on, you know, Mark Hayden and Bunting and Wagner because of the disappearance of Mark Hayden's wife and obviously they quickly connected the three of them um when they put bugs in his house um right and they put the well they put the bugs in the house before they found the the bank vault yeah so they put the bugs in the house and then the people in Snowtown separately from that called the police and said hey this is kind of weird these people are coming to the bank and unloading the stuff and they're like um, yeah we know who owns that this could be we're headed over there now well i don't know if they checked out who owned it before or after they found them but um either way they found them figured out that it was mark hayden who had rented it and then obviously put it all together and then connected all of the murders um including the ones that weren't you know wh- whose bodies weren't at the bank vault Right, right, right. And so, so the, like some of the account that we have of what happened, is that from their confessions? Um, I think most of the accounts that we have are from Vlasakis. Yeah. Um, Because he was like, yeah, I did this. Yeah, he pled guilty. Um, but Bunting and um, Vlasakis and Wagner will never get out. Um, 
Hayden, obviously, like that's kind of scary because he will probably get out somewhat soon. Yeah, he'll be out next year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was he, I'm sorry, was he convicted of murder? No, he was um, convicted of assisting in murder or I'm not sure um, what the actual term is for it um, because the way that it was written, it sounded like, let me see. Like accessory to murder here, basically. He he got a life sentence. I mean, 25 years, you know, 20 in Michigan is a life sentence. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he didn't get a true, like, will be in prison for the rest of his life, which is scary because that means that he'll be out soon. And he's still young enough to where like he could commit crimes. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, hopefully things have changed for him. You know, I really hope so. Um, I hope he gets out and is a model citizen. I I hope so, too. I hope so, too, for the sake of everyone who lives in the community that he's going to live in, for the sake of all the survivors, like his kids, whose mother he killed, or, I mean, his whose mother he had killed, like... Yeah. That's an unimaginable situation to be in. Right. 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 It's like, I, how, there's no way to know how you would react to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, so that is the Snowtown murders. And like I said, the movie is very similar to the real life, um, story obviously not all of the details they can't fit all of the details into the movie um but it's just a really really fucked up case all around yeah your your investigation into this um clarified some of the questions that the the movie had left for me along the way um it's kind of it's disjointed it's kind of weird um it comes together right but it's uh, at first I was like, what is happening here? And there's so many characters and so many moving parts. And like listening to this again through you and your investigation into this um, clarified some things. And I mean, this is just, you know, we mentioned Evil Dead Rise, right? That's a fictional story that um, scared me, right? But uh it's not as effed up as this. Yeah. Like this is real monsters. This isn't some crazy book, you know, that releases demons. Like, come on. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. This, this is the things of nightmares. Yeah. And it's like extra terrifying that they killed, you know, people that were friends with them, people that they knew people, you know, family members. Like that's, what's so scary is, you want to trust everyone that is in your life. You want to trust everyone that you love. And I, I do trust, you know, um, a good amount of people. I trust, you know, (laughs) like my family members, my close friends, but it like, still you, these types of stories make it harder to do that. Well, I don't, I don't have any trouble trusting the people that are in our circle. No, no. I just, I just, you know, 
the thing like they, you know, a crime of passion makes sense to me, like in in a way, right? I can see that, but like when you know someone, right? Yeah. Like I've been really mad at some people, right? I'd never kill anybody, but I understand somewhat of how that can happen. Yeah. What I don't understand is, you know, you know someone. Like, how can you be so disconnected from, like, from love? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that's what it is. Disconnection from love. Yeah. Has to be. I completely agree. And, like, you know, with them, again, like, talking about being super angry, I can also, I would never do this. I don't condone this at all. But I can understand how someone would be so mad that someone is like a pedophile and has yep. hurt children. Hundred percent. Um, that it you know could bring you over the edge and you could end up, you know, hurting them again. I would never personally do that, but I can I can understand how anger can drive a person to do that. Yes, me too. But so many of these people, so many of their victims were not pedophiles. So like that excuse is. Just an excuse. Just an excuse. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Gosh. But yeah. So uh, next week we will do another. um, Deep dive. Yes. We'll do another podcast. And. (laughs) Cool. In the meantime, have a good week. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. (laughs) how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.